You're listening to the Option Alpha Podcast from OptionAlpha.com, where we show you how to make smarter trades, learn how the stock market really works, and generate consistent monthly income. Now, your host and head trader at OptionAlpha.com, Kirk Duplessis. Hey everyone, this is Kirk here again from OptionAlpha.com, working every single week to make this the most popular investing podcast offered online and in iTunes because it's based on one thing and one thing only, and that's helping you guys make smarter trades. So thank you so much again for tuning in to today's show. Today we are going to be talking about adjustments. It's definitely a hot topic for sure, one that we get lots of questions on. And so today we're going to be going through our three option adjustment principles that you really have to kind of follow whenever you're doing short premium trades. Now, again, what I mentioned earlier is that we're going to be talking about adjustments and mainly for short premium option selling positions. So we're not going to be talking about adjustments on debit spreads or calendars right now. It's mainly for your strategies like credit spreads, iron condors, iron butterflies, strangles, straddles, etc. right? All of those typical usual short premium positions, basically most of what we already do inside of our pro and elite membership. So let's get right into it here. We're going to talk about the first way right off the bat, and that is to one, always take in a credit. Now, this is a big one for me because the reason that you want to take in a credit when doing an adjustment is that the credit reduces potential risk or expands out the break-even points. So if you have an iron condor, let's say that you originally entered into uh, maybe a $5 wide iron condor, and you took in a dollar of credit, for example. Well, if you take in a credit in adjusting that position, but you still maintain the width of the strikes, the number of contracts, you basically keep the structure the same, but you take in a credit by rolling one side in closer, then you have basically gone from a dollar credit to say $150 credit, right? So, or like a dollar fifty, $150 of notional value credit. So you've reduced your risk in this position from $400 to $350. And that's always what we need to be doing. Now, I see a lot of people who end up taking a credit on one side of the trade, but a debit that's more than the credit that they took in on the other side of the trade. So in this case, I always say it's got to be a net net credit. You can take in a debit on one side, like if you roll out one part of your strangle, one part of your straddle, an iron condor side, you can roll that out for maybe a small debit. But the other side that you adjust, if you're doing a two-sided strategy, has to be for a bigger net credit than what you paid to roll the other side. If you are paying to roll contracts or to adjust a position, it doesn't make sense. It just really doesn't. At that point, you just got to close the position and move on, right? So oftentimes when we make the decision about whether or not we roll a position to the next month or even adjust a position, we're asking ourselves, are we getting paid to do this? Are we actually reducing risk or are we just extending the trade to the next month at a cost, a net debit, just to say that we were right? And I don't ever want to do that. I'd rather just be wrong or have a bad trade that goes against me, uh, one of our 30% chance of you know losing trades that goes against me, and just realize that that's a losing trade and that wasn't a you know setup that was going to win and take the loss and move on. I'm not going to pay to extend the trading timeline just for the sake of being right. So I'm not going to deliberately put myself in a worse situation just for the sake of maybe making this thing turn around. That's just really not the way you should be trading. Number two here on our list of three things is never move the tested side. We talk about this often. We've talked about this in lots of videos and even here on this podcast and previous episodes. But the idea here is that you don't want to move the challenged or tested side. 
because what you end up doing is you end up compounding losses at that point. So let me give you an example. So let's say that the stock is trading at $50 and you sell the 55 calls. Well, if the stock starts trading higher from 50 to 55, one technique that some people like to use is to move that call strike higher. So they would close out of their 55 short calls and maybe resell the 60s, right? Give themselves more room for the market to move up against their position, right? But the problem in doing this is that basically you are taking a loss on that 55 strike call for sure, which is already going to be a losing position, but you're banking the loss by closing out the trade and then you're reselling the 60 strike calls, who's to say that the market doesn't continue to move higher against you? So now the market goes from 50 to 55 to 60. You again move your 60s out to 65, but the market keeps going higher. So now you're just banking loss after loss after loss on this side of the position. It's just really not the way to go about it. Instead, what you wanna do is just realize that that side of the trade might be the losing side, but take what the market gives you in that roll up your put side. So if the market's at say $50 and goes up to 55, great. Move your short put from 45 up to 50. And then the market continues to go higher, great. Move it from 50 to 55, right? Just keep moving up the unchallenged or untested side. Take what the market gives you and that'll serve you much better than if you roll out the tested side. Now, number three here is you want to extend your duration whenever possible. And duration is a fancy word in finance for trading timeline. So whenever possible, you want to extend the amount of time that you have in the trade. This is why we end up rolling trades from one month to the next, sometimes for zero cost. So no debit, no credit at all. But we actually got 30 days of extra time. We actually recently did this on an earnings trade where we rolled out the position to the next month as the stock moved against us, we took no credit or debit in on that position, right? It didn't cost us any money. It didn't, we didn't take in any credit, but we did it exactly for the same price, rolling from one month to the next. And so what we got in benefit is extra time, time for the market to potentially move back into a profitable zone or at least a zone that has less risk than what we have now. So whenever possible, you want to extend your trading timeline to basically give yourself more time for you to be right, right? For the market to move against you. Now, of course, this goes hand in hand with number one. You don't want to extend your timeline at a cost. You always want to do it at a credit. And if you can't extend your timeline at a credit for short premium trades, it's just not worth it to do it. You need to close out the position and reset the probabilities with a brand new trade in the next month, right? Don't force a trade that's going to be a loser into a compound loss situation where you're just paying to roll this thing out to the next month. It never makes sense to do it. So there you guys are, quick and short, I guess, on today's podcast, but we'll get into a good question here in the Trader Q&A segment. But again, just to recap, the three adjustment principles are always take in a credit, never move the tested or challenged side, and extend duration whenever possible. And now our favorite part of the show, Trader Q&A, where we ask a question from one of our current members about options trading. Got a question you'd like to ask Kirk to answer live on the air? Just head on over to optionalpha.com forward slash ask and hit the record button to leave a message. That's optionalpha.com forward slash ask. And now here's today's question. Hey Kirk, this is David. Just had another question about uh, adjustments. In the Qualcomm strangle case at the 28 minute mark for the strangle and straddle adjustment video, uh, you end up closing the trade for a net loss of 28 cents, which of course is a smaller loss than what you were looking at before when the trade went against you. 
But I just had a question about how do you decide between taking the small loss versus just rolling out to next month again, uh, maybe trying to get it back to a profit like some of the other cases that you had previously? Thanks. Hey, David, man. Thanks so much for the question. And, you know, this one is a, it's a tough one sometimes when you are at a situation where the trade is basically a scratch. So in this case, you know, we were at a small loss on the position. We could have definitely rolled it out to the next month for a credit and done that for, you know, extending our trading duration. But there comes a time, I think, and this is really a judgment call. So I don't think there's any right or wrong answer. I'm just telling you how I think about it. But there comes a time where you just have to think to yourself, like, hey, is this the best use of my capital? You know, should I tie up my capital again for another month for maybe, you know, whatever we could have made on that trade? I think, you know, maybe like a hundred bucks or so on that trade. Is it worth it to tie it up for the next month just for the sake of being right? Or have the adjustments that we've done so far cut the loss enough that, you know, we're okay taking a scratch. And so in that case, you know, I think it was the factor that we just were okay taking a little bit of a small loss or even a small profit in some cases versus using up our capital that could be deployed elsewhere a little bit better. So, I mean, look, it's definitely a judgment call. I think of a trade, and this even goes for trades that are really, really deep in the money. So if a trade, you know, is really deep in the money, you know, it's a big loser for sure. We can definitely extend the trading duration and roll for a credit, but small credit and extend the timeline. You know, there comes a point at which the trade is so far gone that, you know, do you really think that it's going to recover, you know, in the next month, right? Is the probability of it getting back into a profitable zone, you know, under 10%. And if it is, maybe that's just not a trade that we want to, you know, use capital against and, you know, potentially even just hold on to that longer. We just want to cut bait now and, you know, take the trade off. So I think there's got to be a little bit of common sense in here. You got to really look at the position, ask yourself some serious questions about where you think the trade might go from here, what you're using your capital for. Could it be used better elsewhere, right? How could you deploy that capital better elsewhere for maybe a higher credit or higher probability of success? Because that's always the trade-off is, you know, where should we be putting our money that is going to yield us the biggest potential profit? So hopefully that helps out in answering your question. Thanks for submitting it, David. Remember, if you want to get your question answered here on the podcast or live on Facebook and YouTube here in the future, head on over to optionalpha.com and click on the big red button in the middle of the screen. I think I just said optionalpha.com, but it's optionalpha.com slash ask. And again, click the big red button in the middle of the screen. Leave me a private voicemail. Again, it's no software to download. It's really actually easy. It goes right to me. Now, before we get into the closing bell segment, I just wanted to let you know how you can get our special podcast freebie today, and that is our ultimate option strategy guide. Again, it's completely redone and rewritten. We went back about six months ago and rewrote the whole thing, extended it out, put a lot more detail into our strategy guide. It's about 90 pages now, and it's got single one-page cheat sheets on every option strategy that we trade, how to build the option strategy, how far out to place them, when to exit, when to close, etc. So it's completely free. You can get it by going to optionalpha.com slash ebook or by texting in the word strategies, all one word, to the short code 44222. Now, the closing bell. Find out which stocks we're looking at right now trades we're making and hear our game plan moving forward. All right. So in today's closing bell segment, I want to talk about a new trade that we just got into today in USO. Now USO has not been on our radar for a long time. And so at the time that we're doing this video, the oil markets have had a huge move lower. Most of oil stocks have been down over the last two days, you know, about four or five percent across the board, which is a pretty big move for oil stocks and, you know, just a one and a half, two day period here. So 
in that time period, USO's implied volatility has gone from zero basically up to around the 35 rank level. So it's still considered generally low volatility, but it's starting to peak up and there's a lot of activity in the USO options. So what we're going to do is we're going to sell a strangle in USO. And I know what some of you are thinking now, you're like, wait a second, strangles are for high implied volatility only. But as we've mentioned before, and as we've alluded to in lots of the uh, video training inside the knowledge base, we can still generate a positive expected return trading short premium and low volatility. We just have to do so with low quantity sizes so that we can scale up if implied volatility continues to rise. So in this case with USO, we would rather do this as a iron butterfly in all honesty and fairness. But since the stock is really, really low in price, it's around a $10 stock, it just doesn't make sense to do this with risk defined since we have the capital. The margin required to hold this position is like $150 and we're taking in a $65 credit for each of the strangles that we're selling. So margin wise, it's almost nothing to hold this position and we don't need to do it risk defined, which is also why we're doing the strangle. Right now, the stock is trading at about 10.20 or so. So we're going to do the 10 and a half calls and the 10 puts and start to build a position in USO. So again, that's selling a really, really tight, really narrow strangle in USO right around where the stock is trading at about 10.20. And so we'll see what happens from here. The plan is definitely to add more to this, to ladder into additional positions in USO. I honestly think we'll maybe get like maybe a small bounce back here before we continue lower. But I mean, who knows? The oil markets have been acting very, very crazy over the last two days. There's been a huge increase in uh, crude oil inventory. So that's what's really causing the, the big drop. And so this is a good trading opportunity for us. We don't have a position in the energy sector. And so this is going to be one that's going to start kind of diversifying us a little bit that way since that's where implied volatility is. And that's where the edge is going to be gained here in the next month. Thanks for listening to the Option Alpha podcast. If you liked what you heard, please drop by iTunes and leave a rating or comment. Plus, you can get everything. Free email updates for future shows, transcripts, video tutorials, case studies, and more. Just visit our website at optionalpha.com. All right, so I truly hope you guys enjoyed today's show and at least got one thing out of it that you can apply right now to make you a smarter, more profitable trader and investor. As always, you can get additional resources Links mentioned in the show and some related video training on adjustments, including some live adjustment video examples by going to optionalpha.com slash show 87. Again, that's just the number 87, optionalpha.com slash show 87. And until next time, happy trading.